Welcome to Talk 30 to Me, a show where we talk about the perspective of 30-somethings on life. My kid is an asshole. Love. Did I tell you about the girl? twice in a week. And the never-ending pursuit of fulfillment. My name is Anthony, but most people just call me Turd. And I'm Randy Z. Let's start the show. So starting this episode on kind of a downer note, I had to witness you putting your kids to sleep today. And, uh, you know, you, you would think that hearing kids cry would make you feel bad, but I, I didn't feel bad. And that, that made me feel some kind of way. Because usually, like, you know, when my dog cries or kids cry, I usually feel bad for him. But today I was just like, yo, dude, like, you're out of line. You need to take your ass to bed. <laughs> you know? My son, he becomes a different, a completely different person. He was possessed. Yeah. By, possessed. By, and I, ha- yeah. I have to say, you know, I, I thought you would be a lot more of a hothead, but the way that you stayed so level-headed, you stayed calm and like you kept your, your tone pretty much the same the whole way through. I was just like, I would have slapped this kid. <laughs> oh, I have before, but you know, you learn, you learn. You like learn that doesn't do mistakes. anything. That doesn't do anything. You know, I talk, I was talking to Jordan, so, which is uh, Leslie's husband uh-huh. about it. Like yeah. when, when their toddler was kind of going through that and he's like, I just walk away when she's crying. And then when she wants to talk, I'll talk to her. And I was like, okay, I didn't, I didn't know you could just do that. Like, like be reasonable or don't talk to me. You can. And you know what? Here's the thing. Parents parent in different ways. The one thing that must remain consistent is how the message comes across. You can't contradict each other. You can't undermine each other. The kids see through that and they eat that up immediately. I was talking to a mentor of mine and we were talking about family issues. And the one thing that he said was, if husband and wife are not aligned, the kids will see through that immediately and take advantage of the situation. They will turn parents against each other to get what they want. Mm-hmm. Kids, they have that survivalist mentality. That's their innate um, nature kicking in. That's Interesting. Like, I thought it would just been like, oh, they're so perceptive. But no, it's like survival. It's survival. Interesting. Because in the end, they're out for themselves just like we are. And they don't know how to be communal yet. You know, they, they, haven't re- they haven't realized that aspect. So it's interesting. So basically you have to break your children of their survival mode. Not really. You have to refashion it. You have to give it a, you have to redirect it. That's a better word. You have to redirect it. That's it. But, but I mean, that, again, that's just like, you have to not break it, but not use re- reinforcing or conditioning to, to think a different way. Yeah. Ultimately, yes. And that's interesting because I, I feel now as an adult, and it could be because of circumstances, just either how I was raised or just my circumstance financially. But, you know, when I hear things of you need to get out of survival mode in that mentality of like, oh, I don't I don't spend here or I don't do X, Y and Z because it's either not in my means or whatever the case. But like getting out of survival mode uh, is something I find myself often having to remind myself of. And so hearing you as a parent now saying like my kid is in survival mode uh, and I'm breaking that. It's just an interesting um, cycle because you start that way and then you eventually revert back to it. At least I did. Right. And and now I have to consciously tell myself to get out of survival mode. Because that's ultimately not the way you want to perceive things. Because with survival mode, it's live or die. It's black and white. 
there's a gray area to life. But and that would be like taking risks. Yeah, no, not really. It's just re it's just revision re-envisioning how you um how how shall I put this? It's it's a lot of uh refining the way that you view the world around you. Okay. Not everyone's out to get you. Not every situation is going to end you, per sure. se. Yeah. Right? You have to open yourself up to a myriad of possibilities that might not necessarily be all that bad. As bad as you or your psyche or your nature uh, build them up to be. Okay. But that aside, if we're talking about risk, and, and the biggest risk I think now is, for me, financial. Yep. Um, and that's either... You know, not buying something or not splurging on something because it's like, you know what, I really should be saving or I really don't have the money to do this rather than thinking yeah. like, you know what, that's, I want to buy this pair of shoes. That's like, like if I, if I book a photo shoot for an hour, that's done. Like I, I made it back. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like it's, it's this mentality of like, if I lose it, it's gone forever. No, it's, you can make it back. Plan to how you're going to make it back and then go for it. Yeah. But the other, the other the flip side of that is if you book that extra hour for a photo shoot or you book that hour for a photo shoot, whatever, you could use that money on something completely different, sure. like saving. Yeah. So, it, again, it's not live or die. It's not black or white. There are a myriad of possibilities that exist in between the two options that you present yourself. And that's kind of what you do with kids. As, as you raise kids, you give them the alternatives to what they believe is the end-all, be-all of their existence, mm. essentially, what they're fighting for, what they're crying about, what they're throwing a tantrum about. I want this car. The other day, I don't remember exactly what it Oh, yeah, I do remember exactly what it was. It was a sticker. My son lost his shit over a sticker on his shirt that wasn't there before we started roughhousing. He gets up and he sees the sticker is missing and he loses his shit over a sticker. And he just becomes completely incoherent, completely belligerent. He just scouring the the room for the sticker because I guess it meant something to him, which is fair. I get it. But I have never seen him do that before. But that that's how kids react. It's the extreme. They're 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 hardly in the middle. I'm I'm sorry. I just I need to give the people listening a visual of what I'm seeing at this very moment, <laughs> and that's the scene uh, in Castaway when Tom Hanks loses Wilson, and he's just running all over the island looking for yep for the volleyball. That, that, that's I mean, for all intents and purposes, that that's what it was like. That's what it felt. I, I I just sat back and I was looking at him. I was like, wow, I can't believe this. Yeah. And the way I essentially conditioned myself out of that you know, a extreme mentality that uh, survivalist mentality was not everyone's out to get you. Not everything is out to get you. Not every, not the world is not rigged against you to where you're going to need to fight your way out of it every day. I'm not saying that, that today solidified my decision uh, to not have kids, but it, it, it ranks up there with making me question, do I really want to put myself through this? My wife and I always talk about how just hanging out with married couples is birth control in and of itself. <laughs> 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 I mean, you saw it. It's bad. And this is an every night ordeal. I mean, it's not like a yeah, one, once in a blue moon type deal. It's yeah. fighting to brush teeth, fighting to put PJs on. And, and, you know, granted, sometimes we wear them out enough where 
it's it's fine. It's yeah. But then yeah. that's exhausting if you need to wear them out every day. Yep. You yeah, know? you can't do it, know. man. It becomes really hard. Mm. But in the end, again, going back to the mentality uh, portion of it, you you condition yourself out of it, right? And yeah. they'll grow up out of this. They'll yeah. get out of this whole, okay, yeah, it's bedtime, time to kind of conform, right? It, yeah. it, it is a sense of conformity. I never in a million years thought I would conform to how society functions. But I realized, and this is what, you know, you have to keep in the back of your mind when you're raising kids. You have to, in order to change the established mentality, the, the, the way that the prevailing mentality that predominates our society, the, society, the society that affects us, you have to learn it. You have to accept it. You have to embrace it. And then you break it. Mm. So really it's like a covert op. So now the risks that you initially thought you would be taking, right? They they change. Everything transitions. I think that that went entirely over my head. I don't know if it's the medicine I'm on right now because I'm a little sick. You took you took medicine? Uh this morning. Oh no. That's the, you know, but uh it could be the medicine's wearing off and now I'm a little more groggy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that doesn't, I don't, I don't know. Like, re-explain that to me. Like, how, what do you mean that you had to recondition your thought process? Okay. That might be worth delving into. Um, rewind. You know, you, you go back to high school and you think how teenagers naturally rebel, right? You go through three stages in your life. Your, your early adolescence, your, um, which is like two to f six, I should say. And from six to about 12, it's a different time period, right? From 13 to 18 is that weird transition where you don't know who you are, what you are, what you're doing, your purpose, your role in the world and all that. And you go through this kind of weird, weird phase. At least I did. Yeah. In high school, I was very rebellious. I hated authority and all that. And I came to realize soon after I graduated college, it took that long to condition myself out of that because I started realizing that people don't like rebels. But you know what wins, right? That old saying, if you can't beat them, join them. And then you beat them from within, right? It's basically like infiltrating. You infiltrate the establishment. You make a name for yourself. And then you change the way things are. I mean, it's not like a, it's not like an, it's not like a coup. No, that's interesting that you put it that way because that's always been my mentality with life. You have to play the game in order to change the game, right? Oh, yeah. You have to get in there. And I've never thought about that as being a rebellious um, mentality or rebellious action. So that's an interesting new perspective. The whole time you're talking, I was like, man, I've never been rebellious in my entire life. Like I've never had an issue with authority, you know, uh, growing up. Or, or I, I, My mom always told me I was a rule follower as a kid. Yeah, but you see things going wrong and you want to change them. Yeah, 100%. But you're not willing to do anything about it. Why? Because you're not in a position to do anything about it. Mm. Neither was I, but I thought I was. Mm. See, it was, it's more of an arrogance uh, that okay. I've always had, like this chip on my shoulder. Could be because I'm really short. I don't know. Your Napoleon complex? A lot of people say that. But Napoleon was actually average height. He was like 5'10". So, oh, really? 5'8". I was going to say like you that. are yeah. average height, but I guess not. I am average. For an indigenous person, sure. <laughs> but here's the thing. You don't necessarily have to be a rebel to want change, yeah. but you see the bad and you want to change it. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with kids. Going back to that original point, 
they see what they want to see and they perceive it the way that they want to perceive it and they act accordingly as they transition throughout life. It's going to remain the same, but the extent in which they react might change. Um, the method of their reaction, the, the, the conduit, right, or the, um, the end result of their action might change. The nature of their action might change. And all these things transform over time until you get to this point in your life where you're in your 30s and you're looking at yourself and you're like, well, fuck, I spent my 20s being kind of a, a douchebag, rebelling, trying to <laughs> recreate the wheel, uh -huh. only to realize that you didn't have to. You play along, you learn everything, you get better at it than everyone else around you, and you change it because no one can tell you you can't because you are better. At, yeah. at it than they are it's just the way it works and that's the way that everybody ends up gaining ultimate success relatively right i mean success we always talk about this is relative but kids really have it right they have it they're dead on just we take it as adults because our minds have matured to the point where we can't comprehend their um their emotional state we take it as a an irrational emotion. I, I, I take it as a do. sign of disrespect. Yeah, and you better watch your mouth. Yeah, it's like I'm gonna slap the shit out of you right now if you don't shut up. And that's how I feel sometimes. Yeah, but you know, it, it all goes back to rationalizing where they're at, trying mm. to figure it out, and trying to not break it, but reshape the way that they perceive a particular situation. And it sounds kind of fucked up. Yeah. Because it is, to your point, a slight conditioning. Yeah. Not slight. That's that's pretty extreme. But I, I guess it's safe to say no one likes a rebel. <laughs> you know, they don't like the counterculture. Now, I don't want to say like you're raising your kids differently because one's a boy, one's a girl. But I thought one thing's always stood out in my mind. It was a, it was a simple moment. I don't even know if you remember it. But your daughter, this had to have been like maybe six months, maybe a year ago. Wait, how old is she? Two. Two. Okay, cool. So six months to a year is, is a viable option or timeline. And she was she was just screaming bloody murder, probably just because I was there. And she just hates my presence until today. <laughs> until today was a major breakthrough. We, we were buddy, buddy, <laughs> two buddy, buddy years today. Later. Yeah, two, two years. Um, but I was like, you just have to break her will because she will just cry for no reason. She's not in any pain or any distress. She's just crying. Yeah. And you're like, no, I'll never break her will because too many things in this world are going to try to break her. And that always stood out to me, which mm. is, you know, for, for, for a lot of people or, or how society perceives things of, of being in your place and the way uh, we're conditioned to treat our daughters or treat women in society, the fact that you took that perspective from that early of an age and the formative stages of her life to like, I will never break her. I, thought, I just found that fascinating um, because y you're absolutely right. The world is stacked against her. I mean, she might have uh, the color of her skin in her favor, but she's still a woman. Face right. it, going into into our society where women are are just not treated as equal. Nope. And it's not fair. So why why would I be the maker of her eventual failure? Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll let her figure it out. But she's strong. I mean, I can't take that away from her. Why would I take that away? She's super strong. She'll. <laughs> <laughs> it took two years of regular visits <laughs> for her to start like just like hey hey welcome to the house right. like <laughs> hey i remember you i like you wait what <laughs> yeah right yeah she's she's different i don't know where she gets it from but 
you have to make that decision with your kids early on too, how you want them to be. Like my wife keeps telling me, don't go too hard on Ethan because we we need an empathetic, we need a a, a charismatic and 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 emotional man. You yeah. know, yeah. and I get it. Right. But at the same time, I also know the world and how it's set up to be. There is no room for an emotional, empathetic, caring man. There, there I mean, I think there will be by the time he, he sure. is of age. Yeah. But I think the interesting thing I noticed today was was even though he was screaming, you you never lost your cool and, and you you said what are, you know, I can't remember what you said actually, but it's something along the lines of, of like, tell me how you're feeling or tell me what you want. And, and reiterating the point, isn't it easier to express yourself when you just tell me what's wrong than to just cry for, for and, and us not know what's going on? Yeah. It, it goes back to that thing though. We can't level with it because we don't know where they're at mentally. Yeah. He could be mentally exhausted just crying out of Oh, he was hysterical. Instinct. Absolutely. Yeah. But I, I don't know. The rationale behind it is he's crying and I don't know why. And it frustrates me because oh, yeah. I want, I don't want to be able to have that sense of helplessness yeah. where I can't help my child. Yeah. But at the same time, I have to rationalize the other half of it, which is he's fucking tired. <laughs> he doesn't know why he's crying. He's probably not going to be able to tell me what he wants. Right. But I'm convinced that there's a root, right? There's a, there's a seedling in there. There's an origin behind his emotional state. My wife, she protects him. She kind of shelters him from, from the realities yet because he's not there yet. I get it. Sure. She's doing the same thing I'm doing to my daughter. Okay. Um, well, thank God someone's looking out for Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard knock. School of hard knocks, kid. I get where she's coming from, but I don't. And we haven't, we have yet to really align on a uniform front as to how to parent, which I think is fine because we don't contradict each other for the most part. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, she's able to rationalize where he's coming from or where he might not be able to articulate. She gets it and she just calms him down. She has her way. It's the mom thing. Yeah. You know, sometimes kids just act out and that that's what it all boils down to. Mm. Just understanding your situation, understanding how to handle it, and rising above and not beating the crap out of your kid. Because that's not cool. <laughs> Even though you really, really want to. I was going to go somewhere else, but then you, you just snuck that in there and caught me <laughs> off guard. <laughs> I know you said nights like tonight are kind of the norm, but I know you recently took a trip with just you and your son. And that was that was like what, like a, a three, four day? Uh, Three... Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, four day. Four day trip where you yeah. actually flew up, right? Flew up north. Yeah. Flew up to visit the family in San Francisco. Oh, and I, I, two part question to that, right? One was it like this up there? No. To, so he was just overly stimulated, and he just knocked out every day. Yeah. Well, I had the benefit of keeping him up um, either till midnight or past midnight the every fuck? night. Every night. His bedtime is like eight o'clock <laughs> every night. And he was just out. Ethan, let's put your PJs on. Go to bed. Okay. Mm. And just quietly. Dude, there was this one night where he was half asleep eating an In-N-Out burger because he was hungry <laughs> but tired. <laughs> I've never seen that, anything like that before. No. He was absolutely amazing. I mean, I had the most fun with him I've ever had in the four years that he's been alive. Yeah. Because it was just me and him. And I could have I, – I, I got to enjoy him for him. Yeah. 
and no mama around, no influences, nothing. Well, that's that's what I was going to ask. Like, did you? It's it's kind of a. This a second question was, um, you know, did you feel closer to him after this trip? But the the second part of that question was, <laughs> did that carry over once you got back home? Yeah. Do you feel like oh? Because I was thinking, you know, tonight, obviously, no, you guys are not close at all. Like that's, that's no, he does that. <laughs> he 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 says things like, "I don't love Baba," or "I don't want you here." Yeah, that Go shit away. hurt my heart. I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> but that's what he that's that's what he again. It all goes back to survival mode. That's what he feels like he has to say at that point in time in order to to just hurt me. So I go away, and he gets what he wants, and I know it. Right. And I have before. I've been like, you know what? Fine. You don't let me. I'll go away. And then I'll go away. One time I pretended to leave the house and I hid outside on the side of the garage or on, on the side of the house. <laughs> and he's like, doot, 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 locks the house out. <laughs> <laughs> no. And he came, he opens the door and he's fucking hysterical and he's crying after me. And I was like, oh my God, this kid loves me, but he wanted to hurt me at that point in time. <laughs> so I would go away and he can get mom and mom could make everything better. He's manipulating the situation to get what he wants. Survival mode again. Yeah. Right? It's fucking crazy. That's how he works. That's how he's wired. That's it's crazy. great. It <laughs> That's great. Get out of here. What are you talking about? That's so that's that's I remember I, that happened to me one time with my dad. I, I just remember crying in the bathroom about something. And I was just talking shit to nobody because I was by myself in the bathroom and my dad came in. Oh, is that how you really feel in here? Dude, did something. I said, something. I just cut off my leg or something. He's like, fine. He pulls out his little, uh, little no. tiny pocket knife. You know, little ones, like, <laughs> like a three inch, not even a three inch, but it was like the little, um, little miniature ones. Like, like a three. Swiss Army knife type deal? Yeah. 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 But smaller. Like the little, <laughs> little, like, like smaller a, than a Swiss Army knife. Well, you know, Swiss Army knives are kind of thick and bulky, like this uh, big. This one was yeah. like a smaller one that goes on your keychain. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and he pulled that out. He's like, fine, go ahead and cut. cut. I think I had like a scab on my knee that I was picking. They got mad at me. And they're like, go ahead and cut it off. And I was like, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I, I just remember that moment of like, that's probably the earliest memory I have of of when I was trying to be maybe defiant, I guess, or just like hurt somebody. How old? Six, maybe. Seven. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, like, that's the next social evolution. What is oh for you? Six to seven, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there goes that one. Have a knife ready. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got it. <laughs> yeah, right. But after the trip, I definitely felt, um, coming home, I felt kind of sad because I didn't want that to end. We had great chemistry. I mean, I would ask him to do something one time. Yeah. Most parents know one time is not enough one time mm -hmm. and he'd do it I'd, I'd give him direction he'd follow it at the airport he was walking by himself well, i mean that's like he, survival mode he's, he's at the airport he doesn't know where he is true but at the at the same in the same breath he's at the airport doesn't know where he is and he sees a lot of cool things that he wants to go touch mm -hmm. and feel and experience yeah. but he knew it was one time one time i i got he got t turned up in a crowd but you know long beach airport is like tiny 10 know, people is a crowd <laughs> right exactly <laughs> it was and uh that was the only time where i saw the look of fear in his face even though i had my eye on him the entire time but he got he got worried and he was like from that i think from that point on he realized i have to get my shit together on this trip or else i'm not gonna make it back <laughs> i don't know if that's what he felt but yeah it was that's how you're justifying it yeah that's how i just because that was the turning point of the trip no not really that was that was uh, on our way to um, uh, going up 
so that was on the uh, on the flight up there. Mm, okay. So it was early, and I mean that set the tone for the trip. I yeah. think. I, I think um, he realized it, but I mean, my family got a kick out of him. We got to go to the Giants game, got VIP experience. I really appreciate the Giants organization for actually treating us that day. I mean, they they treat us like uh, like royalty. And uh, we got to meet. You're acting like the- they're sponsors. Fuck the Giants, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks the Giants for uh, sponsoring this episode. No, they didn't. Um, but it was a really memorable experience. Got a lot of pictures too. Really, so, overall, five stars. <laughs> yeah, five stars. Trip advisor. Overall, I feel like we did get a lot out of the the trip, and we bonded a lot more. We understand each other a lot more. I think that we're closer now. And I urge any any father, you know, um, that has a kid, multiple kids, whatever, take your kids one on one. Like it's a different experience. Yeah, it really is. And I think if you had been there to kind of like a fly on the wall type deal and seen that experience. I think that would have changed your perception of how fatherhood really manifests itself mm. over time. And yeah. I, I can't wait until I have more of those moments, you know, yeah. where we're traveling for little league or going somewhere to, you know, on a trip that mom can't make it because she has work or whatever, you know, it, it's just nice to take your kids away by yourself and get some one-on-one time because they're completely different people Yeah, in, uh, in, in those different circumstances. So I felt like it was cool. I really enjoyed it. I mean, yeah. have kids. <laughs> so there, there is some upside to this. There is. Yeah. Yeah, just tonight Tonight was a lot, man. It was a lot for me to handle. I mean, it started out so great. Because one, you know, when we were recording earlier, uh, your daughter was just staring at me with a death stare that she normally has <laughs> out the, uh, the French doors because we're in the backyard. And then uh, next thing I know, we're sitting on the couch and she just kind of sits down and sits next to me, just cuddles up, and you're just like, we're chilling. I was like, oh, okay. Usually she won't come within like an arm's reach of right, me. Right. She keeps like this little perimeter. Like if I stand and move somewhere, she, she moves accordingly. Like, <laughs> Yeah, she's hilarious. Yeah, it's funny. It's definitely a different world with, with kids now that are older and they feed off each other a lot more too. So you notice that Ethan was, or, you know, Ethan is always warmed up to you. She picks up on that and she will follow suit. So yeah. that might have a lot to do with it too. Well, she's I mean, in that copycat age. He also he also took a little while to get used to me too, but not not no two years. No two years. No. No so by like a year by and two. And a half. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it was it a was year, a year and a half. It was maybe two months tops, and he was like before he was able to recognize faces. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. Maybe. But he went from the bad man tier to just like, hey, Uncle Randy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the bad man. That was funny. That was yeah, funny. we should probably do a disclaimer. Like you told him to call me that, not because I did something to your kid. And he called me the bad man. I was like, Ethan, who's that? I think it's a bad man. You want to open the door? He's like, No, I don't. I open the door. It's a bad man, and he runs off. Yeah, man, that was that was horrible. If, if you learned anything from this episode, don't beat your kids. It's that when you go through a traumatic episode, like I did tonight with Turk's kids, it's important to talk it out, to really get down to how you're feeling and express those uh, emotions and make sense of those thoughts and, and, and really just work through how you're feeling. 
you know, this was very therapeutic for me. I, I, we literally just stepped outside, turned on the mics. Uh, we, we were supposed to have a whole other topic, which will be another episode, but uh, we just needed to talk this out. So I hope you learn that if you go through something traumatic, that it's okay to talk it out. You don't have to hold it in. And I hope that you have someone in your life that you can talk to. So if you don't, Terry, where can the people find you? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Turg says no. And Randy, even though you don't have kids, you can offer up a hell of a lot of other advice at. I'm very good at reading things on Twitter at I am Randy Z. Uh, and maybe we'll do some question and answers on on Talk Thirty to Me at Talk Thirty to Me underscore on Instagram. That's not it. Yep. Oh, it is. It's okay. Good. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. But yeah, I'm anywhere and everywhere at I am. Have a good night. Thank you for subscribing to another episode of Talk 30 to Me. We hope you enjoyed and continue to share it with friends. Make sure to stop by our website at talk30tome.com for more content and information about the podcast. Rate us on Apple Podcasts. And if you really like what you hear, make sure to leave us an awesome five-star review. For Talk 30 to Me, I'm Turg. And I'm Randy Z. <laughs> so, I know you said like nights like tonight are, are kind of uh, uh, they're not they're not they're kind of I know you said nights like tonight are kind of the norm. Yeah, that's rapping right, twenty nine. Yep. You got one more in you. Episode and you didn't even wrap it. I like that we're recording by candlelight. It's very romantic. Alright, when you're ready. I don't know how to wrap this. You just say like, you know, this this was just uh, this wasn't really supposed to be an episode. We just turned the mics on and started talking. <laughs> Why don't you rap it then? <laughs> I, I think I just did. <laughs> and if you want Sankeys to speak, hit that donate button. <laughs>